society always be aware of your surroundings. They are among us. They always have been. The true criminal minds, killers, evil, and some are monsters. Welcome to True Criminal Minds with Douglas Boyd. True Criminal Minds gives you the stories of the most notorious and the most vile among us. We do not cheer them. Rather, we expose their evil. We do always advocate, lift up, and pray for their victims. Welcome to True Criminal Minds. Welcome to True Criminal Minds. I'm your host, Douglas Boyd. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. Got a very interesting episode for you today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing to it. Maybe invite your friends to it also. And please remember that these episodes are explicit parental discretion is advised let's jump into it today we're going to look at a true sicko how many of you have ever heard of the north cow rapist this is one of the really odd cases that's out there this was in northern california The NorCal rapist literally struck fear into Northern California during his reign of terror, which began in 1991, had a 15-year crime spree. What is it that you think of the type of person when you think of someone that is a serial rapist? Our minds will naturally go to a scummy person, a guy that looks crazy, a guy that has a crazy look in his eyes, and the moment you see him, you just know that something's off about this individual, and we often think that way, but many of these people that have a true criminal mind work a regular job, some of them attend church, some of them are married, they have children. And at times, their neighbors and friends will say that they were the last person on God's green earth that you would suspect of being a psychopath. Today, we're going to look at Roy Charles Waller. In 1991, this man started raping women, but not only raping them, he terrorized them because they knew that they had been searched, sought out, watched, He would find a woman and he would begin to scope them out. He would begin to watch them. He would begin to look at their movements. How he kept a full-time job and did this at the same time, I will never know, but he did. And not only that, he would enter their apartments or their homes while they were not there and he would scope the place out. He would stalk them. He would watch them. That's a terrifying thought. Then he would break into their homes. He would go through open windows, back doors, whatever means he could get in. 
I know at least a couple of them I believe he broke in, but he would go in, he would wait, and then when they would lay down and go to sleep, he would wear a ski mask, and then he would point a gun to their head and tell them, you know, to be quiet, do what he says. He would often tie them up and go from room to room looking around. All of these kinds of guys take trophies with them, and he would take their ATM cards. He would uh, make them give the passcode to it just a sick individual and he would rape them multiple times during the night but like most criminals he began to make mistakes one such mistake one of his victims was allowed to get near a pair of scissors and she went after him she went after him and she cut him badly and they were able to take that blood and get a dna profile huge huge thing then there was another rape that he committed broke into a home this time he really got brazen he drove his vehicle which was a 1998 forerunner a very distinctive looking forerunner he drove it into the garage went in tied the lady up like he did his other victims and then her roommate came home i'm sure she probably saw the car and the vehicle in the garage and just thought that that it was just a um a friend of her roommates or something she goes in she gets grabbed and tied up and he raped them both all during the night before leaving but this time a neighbor's surveillance camera saw the forerunner coming and then leaving and believe it or not i i don't understand how this is even possible they could not find him if it was his vehicle it would have been registered to him and it seems like they could have found something but they didn't when he would go to the atms to get their money he would wear a halloween mask and just a very sick individual I want to play to you the first victim, first known victim. There could have been something before that. The first known victim describing these events herself. I want you to hear this today. First alleged rape by Roy Waller was in Roner Park back in 1991. The survivor tells KPIX 5 Wilson Walker she is ready to face him in court. It's a big day. It's a big day in my life. Um, it's a big day in my family's life. It's a day that I have been hoping for, wanting 27 years. For Nicole Pate, the news came in a sudden and unexpected phone call this morning. I thought I would go to my grave never seeing his face, never knowing his name, and having him never be held accountable. What we know is this started in 1991 in Rohnert Park. Prosecutors say she was Roy Waller's first victim in 1991, but Pate never did see her attacker. I've been walking around for 27 years looking, is that him? Well, that could be him. Who's that guy? What about that guy? Is he dead? Is he alive? Where does he live? Um, it's very, very challenging as a victim of this kind of crime um, to walk around never having seen his face because he was masked, so I never saw him, and then I was covered up, so I never saw him. Well, today, along with elation at the news, she also expressed her lingering frustration with the initial investigation back in the early 90s. Your story and what has happened to me was completely disregarded as unimportant. That's how it felt. It's not a pleasant way to feel. So finally, Sacramento said, nope, you're important. This happened to you. We're going to get this guy. And only then did she learn so, the extent um, of the case. I didn't know until 2006 that there were subsequent, a bunch of subsequent victims. Um, I didn't know until Sacramento contacted me. The 1991 attack falls beyond the statute of limitations, but Pate says she is determined to play some kind of role in the prosecution of this case moving forward. Whatever that looks like. If it's testifying, 
to show a pattern, if it is um, a victim's impact statement, I'm going to demand that I get my day in the room with him. In Petaluma, Wilson Walker, KPIX 5. And we thank them for that broadcast. We took that from YouTube. Very interesting. Unbelievable that there is a statute of limitations in California for rape. How can there be a statute? See, I, I get upset about these things because it just seems like our judicial system is always in favor of the criminal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like we look out for their rights more than we do the victim's rights. Well, how did this guy get caught? We'll, we'll go into that. And it, it's pretty amazing. They had his DNA. They had his DNA. But they never could find a match in CODIS. He had never been convicted of another crime. So how are you going to find him? They went to these genealogy websites like Ancestry and others. And so when someone in your family puts in a DNA profile, I did mine. I did a DNA profile, found all sorts of cousins and different things that I didn't know I was related to. That's what happens. And when they checked his profile in whichever website it was, it showed a link to someone that was related to him. So then they knew they had the right family. They just had to find the person in the family and match that DNA. And that is how Roy Charles Waller was caught. And he knew that they had DNA, but get this, he pled not guilty. Unbelievable. What nerve, what nerve it must have taken for this psychopath, this sociopath, this true criminal mind, individual what nerve it must have taken for him to say oh no i'm not guilty when they knew that he was guilty and even though he had aged quite a bit there were two or three of the victims who did get a look at his face and the moment he walked into the courtroom that they said their breath just left their body because they instantly recognized him as their attacker gonna read from davisenterprise.com they did a little article on this case Waller convicted of NorCal rapist crimes, including Davis attacks. The DNA don't lie. That's how a juror in the NorCal rapist trial summed up the deliberations that led to 46 guilty verdicts read Wednesday against Roy Charles Waller. It was an open and closed case. Everything was there for us, said the juror, who identified himself as Michael H. He couldn't challenge the DNA at all. Waller, age 60, showed no apparent reaction during the nearly hour-long period it took Sacramento Superior Court Judge James Agrillis, I'm sure I just butchered his name, to read the verdicts which covered the NorCal rapist's 15-year crime spree in six Northern California counties. This guy worked a full-time job. How, how did he have all this time to stalk these people the way that he did? He, in all, every bit of his free time, he must have... Uh, committed to this and you know ladies that worked where he did at the college that he worked at said that he would stare at them when they walked by and it made them so uncomfortable that they got to where they wouldn't even look over at him so he gets convicted and the victims and others said we're just so thankful that the dna was there the victims were able to get the justice that they deserve said sacramento county deputy District Attorney Keith Hill, who tried the consolidated case with fellow prosecutor Chris Orr. Thank God that the one victim that stabbed him was willing to fight. Because if they didn't get that DNA, the case would have never been solved. 
Joseph Farina, Waller's lead attorney, declined to comment as he left the courthouse Wednesday morning. Waller now faces a life sentence in prison at his sentencing hearing set for Friday, December the 18th. This is an old news article, by the way. He was actually sentenced to over 800 years in prison. Personally, I think they should take him out back behind the courthouse and hang him, but that's just me. Several of Waller's victims attended the verdict reading, some dabbing at their eyes as he was convicted of multiple sexual assaults, kidnapping, burglary, and weapon-related crimes for all those years that were unsolved. It's a good day, said Nicole Ernest Pate, one of Waller's earliest victims from Sonoma County. 29 years of waiting. Testimony in Waller's month-long trial, roughly two years after the Sacramento County law enforcement leaders announced his arrest, based upon Waller's DNA match to multiple NorCal rapist crime scenes using a technique known as investigative genetic genealogy. At the time, Waller worked as a longtime safety specialist at UC Berkeley, living in Benicia with his wife. This guy was married, looked like a normal everyday guy. That's what I'm saying. When, when we think of someone with a true criminal mind, they don't have to fit what we automatically think. Oh, he's going to look like a crazy guy. He's going to look like Charles Manson or he's going to, you know, this guy looked like an everyday average guy and he worked a job didn't miss work, was faithful to his job. People that knew him were surprised, taken aback. Wow, they said, you know, we can't believe it. Waller's dozens of charges included 11 counts in connection to the suspect's two Davis attacks. He raped two roommates, both UC Davis students, in their Adams Street apartment on January the 25th, 1997, then returned three and a half years later to abduct a recent UCD graduate from her Alvarado Avenue townhouse and he sexually assaulted her in her own car. Two of the Yolo County victims testified during Waller's trial, who despite the passage of decades offered detailed recollections of the horrific crimes, one woman breaking down in tears at the memory of her assault. I was so afraid. I was so scared, a 1997 victim said, whose name was altered in court. She remembered trying to jump out of a second-story window to avoid the assault and that she and her roommate initially felt ashamed of what had happened to them. We didn't want anyone to know, she said, adding that to this day only seven of her relatives are aware of the attack. For her two sisters who accompanied her to court, this is the first time they had heard her story. She said she never told them the details. The 1997 crime revealed one of the first known images of the NorCal rapist whose masked face was captured by an ATM camera as he used one of the victim bank cards in Woodland. And I've seen the, the pictures from, from the ATM thing where he's wearing the mask, and it is absolutely freakishly scary. I mean, it looks like Jason or something, you know, something out of Halloween. It's very scary, just twisted individual. Although DNA science was still in its early stages back then, investigators were able to collect the suspect's genetic material from the backseat of a 2000 victim's vehicle, and the DNA would eventually cinch the case. Despite physical evidence against him, Waller denied being the NorCal rapist while testifying in his own defense last week. Unbelievable. What narcissism. Despite the physical evidence against him, he said he was innocent. That's just narcissism, folks. And that's how that's how these people with a true criminal mind are. They are narcissists. 
The jury didn't bite, especially after hearing Waller try to justify having items such as duct tape, zip ties, handcuffs, ski masks, all used during the NorCal rapist attacks. He had this stuff in his home and in personal storage lockers. Who carries around that kind of stuff, folks? Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I'm glad they got him. I am glad they got this guy. Now, here's another short video from YouTube about the sentencing of the NorCal rapist. And the judge handed the maximum requested sentence to Roy Waller, the convicted NorCal rapist. He'll now spend 897 years to life behind bars. During the sentencing, the judge even going so far as to flat out call Waller a liar. It was a very cathartic moment for Waller's victims who were also able to read their impact statements directly to Waller, describing years of pain, suffering, and fear that he caused them. They also said they now feel released, empowered, and ready to take on the next phases of their lives. You'll remember Roy Charles Waller, the NorCal rapist, was accused and is now convicted of assaulting nine women in six California counties between 1991 and 2006, a 15-year span. Interestingly, even after all these proceedings and all the DNA evidence, Waller continues to claim his innocence. He knows that he's been proven to be the NorCal rapist, and even though he won't admit, even though he won't apologize, even though he won't show some remorse, he will know what the jury has said. After the sentencing, Waller's own attorney said it was the DNA evidence that they just couldn't overcome. He says they'll continue to appeal Waller's conviction. After court, Nicole Ernest Pate, one of the survivors of Waller's horrific crimes, said that she wanted to reach out and speak to all the other victims of sexual assault out there. She wants them to know that despite what society says, they have nothing to be ashamed of. She says the only people that need to feel shame are the perpetrators. Unbelievable that he could have the narcissism to say that he didn't do it. What a sick, twisted individual. What is it about these individuals like Waller that they do these kinds of things? This true criminal mind, this psychotic, crazy sociopath behavior. I just don't get it. And and as a Christian, you know, I have to wonder if someone like this, if they're demon-possessed. You know, I don't know. But I do believe in good, and I do believe in evil. Evil exists. Well, that's about it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on True Criminal Minds. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to it. Join us again as we look into the depraved, sick, twisted, psychopathic mind of the true criminal mind.